Here to share some scares. We're here. <laughs> well, coming to get you, Barbara. This is scaring, scaring is sharing. sharing. That was not well rehearsed at all. Sorry, guys. I'm Jeremy Russ. And I'm Brandy Joe Planback. What's up? Sup, dude? Yo. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. How are you, Jeremy? I am I am well. How are you? Good. It's always fun. Um, for people who don't know, we generally record this part portion of the podcast during the daytime, and then the second portion always is later at night. So we get the the day and the night vibe. Yeah, it's a couple of different energies, I think, for each half. <laughs> it's uh, true. Because uh, I'm still like, I think the coffee's still kicking in right now. So it's like <laughs> lazy Saturday. Right off the bat, I have a corrections corner and it's like an old man corrections corner. So it's embarrassing. Uh, but I think I, I know what it is. Tell me what you think it is. Was it when you said the Hunter Games? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said the Hunter Games. <laughs> And I even have read The Hunger Games. I haven't read all of them, and I haven't seen all the movies. But I, when I heard myself say that, I was so embarrassed. We are old fucking men. <laughs> I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing at that part of the... I listened back to it, and I was like, we could not sound more like, okay, boomer. Like, Oh, my God. Us. I like, love that you knew it. Like, right there. And I'm like, he said The Hunter Games. The Hunter Games. And what like, the fuck? We sound so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, sometimes we turn into old men. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, I'm, I think it, I have a, a good 10 years on you, right? Uh, eight at least, right? <laughs> eight, 10, 50. Yeah, so, what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? But this is, I feel like this is what happens to men when we become domesticated. <laughs> you start to turn, we all turn into old men is what happens. But you know what? It's okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. You can't control your age. So I generally don't worry too much about, like, I'm not one of those people that will never say my age. If anything, I just forget what it is. Oh, I forget. I for, I've stopped at 30. It's just stopped. <laughs> I can't remember anymore. Like my actual age, I have to do the math really quick. Every I do time. too. The other day I was like 41, 42, 40 uh, something. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm like mid thirties. I can't remember. My mom can't remember how old I am. She always says the wrong age. So, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you have siblings, right? You have... Yeah, I have a younger brother. Yeah. Oh, just your brother? Just okay. a brother. Yep. Okay. He's very cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, we're old. but you know what still young at heart still watch it all i'm not like oh i don't get this like if anything my tastes you know have evolved but like i love the toxic avenger now and i probably wouldn't have loved it 10 years ago so yeah i can still learn to love silly things Mm -hmm. which i appreciate i'm not like oh that's for the youths of today (laughs) the youths (laughs) <laughs> the youth. I, I I always live by the. Uh, there's that line in the show, The New Girl. What's his name? Jake Johnson's character, where he's like, I feel like I'm aging into my personality. Where they're calling him a <laughs> grumpy old man, and it's like that's how I feel. I've been aging into my personality. I like it. I like it. So have you watched? I know you've watched some things this week because we're doing this thing now. If you follow us on Instagram, whenever we watch something in line with what we do we're sort of each of us are posting in our stories what we're watching now so i think each of us know what we watched in the past week since we last met yeah but let's share what we thought of these things yeah so last night my wife sarah decided we should start 
what we do in the shadows, the show from the beginning again, because we did watch it when it was originally, you know, on oh, fun. the seasons. Are there two seasons? There's two seasons, and we okay. watched a whole season last night because oh, wow. we just went on a marathon binge of it. How many episodes? That was ten episodes, I think. Uh, and half then we hour? Got, yeah, half hour each. So we just spent okay. the night watching what we do in the shadows because it's fun. so fucking funny and easy to watch. And I'm sorry, I should say because I've decided I'm going to be like Matt Berry's character, my good lady wife is what I'm going to start calling. <laughs> as much as she, I can hear her snickering in the other room. I'm sure much she As much as she that. hates it. My good lady wife. <laughs> but yeah, that show is fantastic. The movie was great. The show, like, I kind of go back on back and forth. What's better? Like, I think the movie was good for what it was, but the show might be even better. And that's just because they are so, in the long format, you know, you get to do season long stories and you get to develop so much more of the world. And I think they've done an amazing job of the transition from movie to television show uh, where it's not just a retread. It has enough of the same flavor as the movie, but they've expanded the universe, which is fantastic. I got to check it out. I loved the movie. You'll love the show. The pilot feels like a miniature remake of the movie with just new characters. So if you can get through that, it just it, from there it just takes off running and it becomes fantastic. So awesome. I also watched uh, this morning. I got in a Godzilla movie, uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack, oh, which God. is just like they took the Japanese title and just literally translated it to English. Which is like usually they rename these things in English for something a little more like <laughs> makes more sense to a Western audience. But now they just use the title and it's. They like, should have called it Monster Meetup. I know, right? Monster Meetup. Uh, <laughs> but meat would be M-E-A-T. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun one. It's one of the Godzilla movies from the, um, the 2000s. Uh, okay. So uh, really quickly, like Godzilla had his, the original era, which was from the first one. And, you know, the American version, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, I know it. Went into the 70s. That's the original run of movies. There's like a dozen, I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers, but it ran into the 70s. Then they took a break for a while because, uh, you know, the movies were making less money. So they just stopped it for a minute. Uh, and then people wanted it back. So then in the late 80s, they brought Godzilla back. They had another series of movies that ran into the mid, I want to say like 96 or so. Then Toho sold the rights to uh, TriStar, who made the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big flop. Because uh, Toho's plan was just to like, we're going to start marketing it to other countries and let them make movies uh, on it and make the money off of that. Um, but then that was a flop. So they're like, shit, we got to bring it back and do it right again. So they started another series in the 2000s. Uh, and this was one of them. Uh, and this this movie, uh, it's a, I'd say it's one of the cooler ones. I actually sent you a video uh, just a little bit ago from Up From The Depths, which is the... He calls it the 10 must-watch Godzilla movies. Really, it's a video for people that are not like, like to break you in and give you a big breadth of all the, what Godzilla can do. And this movie's in that list. Does it give too much away though? If I watch it, will I know all the cool scenes, which I would rather not Yeah, know? some of them are a little bit, you might want to skip around or like okay. try and fast forward, at least just get the names of them. Mm-hmm. Cause like he includes Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla in there, which is a very fun, goofy 70s Godzilla. Uh, and he like gives away like a lot of the good stuff in there. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, it's fun to watch it and be like, oh, that's hilarious when it happens. So, but this movie's in that list. Uh, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool one. Uh, it, they made Godzilla a bad guy again. 
in okay. uh, Godzilla. Yeah, monster meetup is what I'll call it. <laughs> they make Godzilla a bad guy again, and the other monsters fight him to stop him from destroying Japan. Where they took this, they went with this notion that Godzilla is empowered by the spirits of all those that were killed during uh, the Pacific conflict of World oh, War II. Okay. And Japan has not, you know, remembered or revered its history enough. So he's back to like punish them for forgetting about what they had done in the past. Uh, and you're like, okay, spiritual angle. That's kind of cool. Bringing in the World War II history. Uh, and the other monsters are like the Earth Guardians that are there to try and stop Godzilla from hurting the world. Okay. And it's just monster mayhem. And it's actually got some decent, usually the humans are like an afterthought where you're like, I don't care about the humans. Show the monsters. But they do some interesting stuff with the humans in this one where they're trying to study and figure out how to stop Godzilla. Rewatching this one, I'm like, they totally just, the newest Godzilla, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, but the, uh, what was it, 2019? Is that, I can't remember. Just a couple years ago, that one. They pretty much take plot elements from this one for that movie, like rewatching it. I was like, oh, wow. Like there's King Ghidorah frozen in ice. That happens in both these movies. Like they used a lot of the same stuff, so. Uh, that's what they were watching, I think. Some of these Monster Mash ones, but uh, check it out, guys. Three and a half stars, I give it. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's pretty good for a Godzilla flick. I watched some movies as well, which you know from following this story, but yes, yes, um, yes. I watched VFW because I keep seeing it on a lot of the top 10 lists of the year, my, which was a ton of fun. My brother told me I would love that. I need to watch it. Yeah. It's definitely like throwback to the 80s. It feels, it's, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. I love that lead guy from Don't Breathe. Stephen Lang. I was going to say, I'm a big yeah. fan of Stephen Lang. Great yeah. character actor. So I need to check it out. Because he's a badass. Yeah, it's so much fun. And it's on Shudder, so you can just Just watch it. it out. Cool. And then Extraordinary, which friend of the podcast, Nico, told me about. It's sort of in the vein of Housebound. It's more silly. Okay. But it's, um, I believe it's Australian. Ooh. Um, or Irish. But it's, uh, it was super fun. Um, lots of heart. The lead gal, Maeve Higgins. I don't know what she's from, but loved her. She was super enjoyable. And then I also watched mm-hmm. The Vast of Night. Um, I just recently watched the top 10 movies of 2020 from Cinefix, which is not a horror YouTube channel, but they sort of, in their top 10, took different genres for each of the top 10. Mm-hmm. So like they had the best action movie, the best horror movie, um, which I think was his house, I want to say. But their top sci-fi movie was the vast of night which is an amazon prime film i need to watch it i've been wanting to i'm a huge ufo nut and i know this is a movie that touches on that and a lot of ufo maniacs have been like you gotta watch it if you love ufo stuff there's some cool stuff in it but overall did not hit the mark for me i was like definitely not one of the best of the year at least Mm -hmm. for me for you imo maybe i'll come back and be like it's great uh, yeah, knowing what I know of you, I, I'm, I would probably place the bet on that you're not going to absolutely love it, but I okay. would be interested to know. Just gotcha. knowing what I know of you. Okay, I will, I'll have to check it out. But you will, because I, I mean, there's some really cool like cinematography in it. I mm-hmm. loved the dialogue. I mean, it starts off and like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and not that it was like, like these complex, like you're not like hearing scientists talk or anything, but it's just like you hop in and you're like, what is happening? And mm-hmm. I appreciated that about it for 
as simplistic as it is, that it, it took me a while to acclimate to what the fuck was going on. So I, I really dug it for that reason, but just that ultimately it didn't like land for me. But I'm still trying, like I'm giving myself to the end of the month to come up with my top 10 of 2020 because I have like five movies or may, probably even more than that, probably like two handfuls of movies that I still need to watch before I give my top 10 because I keep hearing about movies that are in the like numerous top tens that I need to watch. So I need to watch the platform. I need to watch La Llorona. I need to watch the rental hashtag alive spell. There's just so many. Yeah. But I'm giving myself to the end of the month. This is why I don't even keep up. I just watch things. (laughs) I'll I'll be watching most of these like years from now. Probably we're like, why didn't I watch this when it came out? That's my life. So You know what's super exciting? My friend Chris, who I think sometimes listens to the podcast, got in the mail the other day In Search of Darkness Part 2 because he donated. Did you watch the Mm -hmm. first one? You watched it, right? No, no, no. I've only seen like clips of it. I heard it's amazing, though. Oh, my God. Jeremy, it's like so up your alley. you got to watch that. I know. It's all about 80s horror. And And it's like four and a half hours of just like heaven. Heaven. Yeah, I got to check it out. So they had like, it wasn't Kickstarter, I don't think. It was something where you could donate money. Go fund me, one of them. Yeah, One of them. And he got in the mail like three versions of like the poster, which has like lots of little versions of like the movie posters. He told me there's like a segment on Robert England, a segment on Nancy Allen. And I love Nancy Allen. That's cool. Chris and Carrie is my favorite role of hers, followed Uh by... Whatever her name is in Dress to Kill. I yeah. can't think about the top of my head. But I love Dress to Kill. Yeah, Dress to Kill is a fantastic movie. And then Terror in the Isles. I mean, that's what I mainly know her from because mm-hmm. she she and Donald Pleasance are the hosts. So, I mean, I just, I can't wait for it to come out. I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait. But he got it and he said it was amazing. Like he watched it like that night. And his name is in the credits and everything. So I'm like, oh, man, cool. wish I would have known the details in donating to this to get that in mm-hmm. the mail early because I would have done it and it's too late now. I, I looked. Yep. Yeah, it's, too, it's long. It's, gone. it's long gone. It's gone. So you got to grab these opportunities while they happen. Uh, I know. I, I still kick myself. I didn't donate to when Mystery Science Theater 3000 came back. Uh, and it's like, oh. I should have because all these people have their names in the credits when you watch the Netflix show. Okay. Uh, the donators that made it happen. And I'm like, I should have donated and I could have gotten some cool stuff, but I missed it. So whatever so you're a big fan of billy bob's barnyard theater or whatever right what's his name <laughs> joe bob briggs in <laughs> yeah. the last drive see i grew up on joe bob uh in the 90s he hosted monster vision it was called on where was that that was on tnt i believe okay uh back when tnt actually had like diverse programming instead of you know network decay setting in and just sure. like whatever the fuck dramas you know and sitcoms they play now but yeah on friday nights it was a uh, monster vision with joe bob briggs and he would do a double feature uh sometimes a triple depending on whatever you know how much time they had open of just like you know all your that's how i saw big trouble in little china uh you know swamp thing like all these the fog stuff like that growing up so. And it's sort of like that AMC format where he sort of introduces it and then periodically throughout it yep, pops in. Yeah, and he in. pops in, yep. And then he had such a fan following because he's really a, a film critic by profession Okay, uh, that's written for a bunch of publications. Joe Bob is a character that J- John Bloom, I think is his real name, made up to be like a Texas redneck that watches these trashy movies. Um, 
but you know the fandom was so strong he came back uh with the last drive-in on shutter because uh, they revitalized him and so does he uh, pop in periodically throughout the movie on the yes, shutter ones yep that's how it happens yep on shutter as well they kept the same format so just without commercials he just without pops commercials and without time. editing of course they're uncut versions of course on shutters so. okay yep I feel like I tried to watch something where I knew the movie and I was like, well, I'm going to see how, if I like this yeah. and I, I didn't. No, he's not for, every, he's not for everybody. There's, there's times too, even for me where like he verges too hard into the like, eh, it's a little like regressive <laughs> and some of the ideas to, you know, stuck in the nineties a little bit, however you want to put it. But uh, there's always the nostalgia. I always have monster vision growing up and all his info he gave me. I remember he that's how I saw they live originally okay growing up is he played it and there was an episode where he had roddy piper on uh, like as a guest in the segments in between the movie okay talk to him this is also how i saw uh the ice cream man with clint howard uh because he did the same thing he screened it on an episode of monster vision and had clint howard on as a guest to talk about it so. and you know jess who is jess. a part of planet ant podcast did you see she commented that, yep, that she loves I, that movie i saw she I said thought she loves you. it and i was like ah i love the ice cream man <laughs> it's it's bad but it's a lot of fun uh, okay I got, I got all my buddies obsessed with it because i bought it on like vinegar syndrome did a cool blu-ray of it and uh then i made all my friends watch it for, have like, you ever seen night. the dentist uh, yes long time ago I, saw, I remember seeing it on like a compilation thing on like usa they had it's, some scenes from it it's bad yeah it's bad uh but like fun bad uh, okay i remember my buddy james that was one of his scariest growing up he's like i was so freaked out by the dentist <laughs> it's like it's not a good movie that no what was the other one dr giggles oh yeah was that was like one. a yep. that was like a mainstream sort of thing though like in yeah. the theaters as yep. opposed to direct to video like the dentist yeah the dentist oof i think that was brian yuzna i don't know who, who that is was also producer of uh from beyond and reanimator oh, okay uh, and director of society which is a fucking crazy movie. i know you love that movie that's a good one too it's gross <laughs> <laughs> I love gross. You know what I think we should start doing? What's that? I think that we should start writing down what the we think the other person will rate the movies that we share. Oh shit. Like so that like when we get to the end and then we like hold it up and we say, I thought you were gonna give it a four. Or yeah. That'd be I think great. that sounds like fun. Cause like last episode last episode, Toxic Avenger, I thought you were gonna give that like a one. Like for sure. <laughs> I thought you were gonna hate it. But the fact that you fucking loved it was like I fantastic. Did. So I'm so energized now about trauma. <laughs> I hope I don't let you it. down. I hope not. What else is there to talk about? What else is there? What is that? I'm reading. What are you reading? I'm I mean, reading I'm proud of you. A book of notes uh for horror people. I'm reading the Mothman Prophecies, the book. Okay, that the movie is based off of? That the movie is based off of, uh, which I think is an underrated movie. I just remember the phone being creepy. That's what I think of when I think yeah, of Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I remember when I was in college, it had a pretty strong cult following, I think, of us little film nerds uh, and horror people. But like, I feel like in the wider, there's like a lot of people that are just like, meh about it. Uh, I mean, really, because it's more of like a thriller. It's, it's got that ghost story quality to the movie where it's just like some weird stuff happens and it's more about the atmosphere. The book, of course, it's by John Keel, who was a journalist turned paranormal investigator in like the 50s. So he's like one of those guys that was one of the original, like running around looking for UFOs and stuff. Uh, and the story of the Mothman is in the 60s, the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, he went there to investigate some stories 
uh, of, they dubbed it the Mothman in the press. It was like this giant winged humanoid thing flying around that people were seeing at night and like terrifying them, you know, like Bigfoot type stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he went there to look into those stories and then just kept stumbling on more. There was all these UFO sightings happening at the same time. People saying that the people that saw the UFOs and the creature were saying they were then being visited by mysterious men in black that were telling them, don't you tell anybody about what you saw or we're going to come after you. A guy that said a UFO landed in his yard and a man came out and Indrid Cold, which is the creepy phone stuff in the movie. Uh, it's the name the voice says it is. Indrid Cold came from like some other planet to like warn us of some impending whatever on earth and told this guy all about it. Like it's nuts. It's like everything you think about with UFO stories rolled into one like ha- supposed happening. Are there any good documentaries about the Mothman? I, I feel like there was this one I watched years ago. I think it was called The Eyes of the Mothman. It's, it was like three hours. It was long. It was like epically long, but it gives a lot of good info about it. But that one verged off into this weird, like, there's this story that Point Pleasant, West Virginia and the surrounding area, there was like a curse from some Native American chieftain on the area. And they say that like, this was a manifestation of the curse he put on the people, you know, stealing their land. Uh, Okay. It it goes into some weird directions with it, but. I feel like I tried to watch one and it was bad. There's another one like the Mothman of Point Pleasant, I think is like, there's, there's some out there. I don't think any of the documentaries are as good as just reading this book. I bet that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Watching the Richard Gere movie to get like. And Laura Linney, is Laura Linney in it? I think so. I think I haven't watched it in forever. I know it's filled with character actors that are like, a lot of them are like TV actors and stuff. But yeah, I'm reading that. So if you guys are into like, it's got that quality of like so many weird, like a good ghost story, you know, you read it and you get goosebumps. Like, I don't know. I just find that like when people see, or they claim, they tell you, I saw something that just shook my view of reality. Those always, ooh, give me the good little chills reading those kinds of stories where like I saw a giant flying man appear in my yard. Like that's pretty freaky. It's always been very intriguing to me. That one is more intriguing to me than Bigfoot because it deals with prophecies and, Mm -hmm. and I just remember that movie so well. And like, just like it's a creepy movie. Yeah. And that's all what it's about. And Mothman has stayed like a fixture where people keep claiming to see it. But like, I feel like the true canon of Mothman is just, that time period in Point Pleasant in the 60s for some reason people saw a bunch of weird shit uh, and then it just kind of stopped and it's like was it mass hysteria was it this was it that John Keel he's not as kooky uh, necessarily like he has a theory that he kind of in his lifetime he was working on where oh there's also like hauntings people were having like poltergeist stuff happening in their houses too all in this area where he has this theory where like Bigfoot Mothman, UFOs, like any weird shit people see are actually part of one phenomenon. Like somehow we are seeing something in reality, like is it multiple universes, whatever, but our brain, you know, tells us to rationalize it. It turns it into some figure we can try and make sense of. Okay. Uh, But we're actually witnessing some phenomenon that we've yet to really understand scientifically we're like are we seeing some weird shift of electromagnetic whatever and it's causing like something in space-time where we think we you know and this is our brain trying to rationalize what's happening so it makes it a big hairy man ran out in front of me and actually you know it's some hallucination caused by some other whatever 
So have you seen those pictures of like these giant bats? They're like the size of people. Yes. Like there's one like just like hanging, sleeping, and like a man's like standing next to it and it's like bigger than him. Mm-hmm. That is horrifying. I hear that they're not like scary and like mean or whatever, but I mean, yes. just so a bat can be that big is makes me kind of want to throw up like it's yeah. frightening. Well, that's another theory too, is people are like misidentifying owls and stuff as the Mothman. Like perhaps it was just a, <laughs> a like a great owl. horned, yeah, a great horned owl. Uh, and then you think that's silly. Cause I think of owls as just birds, but then you look up some of these birds and they get huge. So it's like the wingspan is gigantic. So it's like, okay, I can see how like you're terrified. Like you run into that at night and you're like, holy fuck, there's a demon in the front yard right now. <laughs> like, and it's, it's actually just, just an owl. owl. Yeah, because they can get big as shit, man. Okay. But that's a good book, guys. Yeah, uh, I actually would love to read it. It's weird. It's a little bit dated because it was written, you know, like in the, it, the, the stories happened in the 60s and it, ha- it was written in the 70s. So, you know, uh, some of the writing's a little dated, but it's got some cool stories in it. Yeah, um, so Richard Gere, I just pulled it up on um, Letterboxd, and he, like, daddy, like, he is, oh my gosh, he was such a dreamboat. Not that he's still not handsome, but, like, Primal Fear, the Mothman mm-hmm. prophecies, like, that era, he was just such a dreamboat. And Will Patton's in it, and it is mm-hmm. Laura Linney, and Deborah Messing uh, way oh, back yeah, yeah, in yeah. the day. Yeah, yes, yeah, Deborah Messing. That's so interesting. Yep. Yeah, I would like to read it and then rewatch the movie, which doesn't it has a 2.9, which is, you know, above average. Yeah. But um, but I'd be curious if it's any good still and how it compares. Once you read the book, I'm gonna I'm curious what you'll think of the movie after you watch it again. Yeah, I gotta rewatch. I know the the movie just like covers a fraction of what yeah. happens and because the book goes off in lots of crazy tangents. The movie's like, we're just gonna focus on the Mothman part mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the book's like going into all this UFO stuff and ghosts like haunting stuff. So well, cool. Shall we share our films? I think so. Let's do that. Let's 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 share them. All right. And I'm first. You are. I'm first this time. Okay. Well, like I said, we're continuing our journey through Traumaville. Uh, Trilogy of trauma. Deeper into the bowels of trauma. Oh God! Uh, and this it's week, smelly in here. Hell, you better believe it. Uh, <laughs> as Toxic Avenger showed us, Tromaville's just filled with fucking toxic waste. Like, they just <laughs> dump it wherever. Uh, but we are, and this the trend continues. We're gonna go visit the other major franchise of trauma, uh, and I am giving you the class of Nukem High. Oh. I always forget about that, but I'm yeah. at least not as familiar as Toxic Avenger. So let's see, the class of Nukem High. What do you know? What do you I know? I know nothing except the title. Okay. I, so, I mean, I imagine it takes place in a high school. <laughs> Got mm-hmm. it. I think it's the first one you've given me that I know like pretty much zero about. Oh, cool. So I imagine in my mind, there's like a gang of biker, mean bikers and maybe some not like goody two shoes. I don't think they're like nerds turned here like toxic heroes, but I think that they're unlikely heroes. And maybe these bikers take over a high school and make it like almost unbearable to go to school there. And then someone rises up from the ashes to take back the night. Maybe someone, you know, a best friend or a girlfriend gets killed. And so then they're like going against whatever this army of 
evil bikers. That's what I keep going to in my mind. I'm probably so off and I can't wait to see how off I am. Yeah, just trying to come up with the plot of something where I know absolutely zero about it. Like, it's I don't hard. even know the poster. I don't, yeah. I, all I can tell of is nuke them high, which makes me think a high school where people are getting nuked, which in my mind just means killed. I don't know. I guess it could go a little bit deeper than that. Like some sort of um, like another country trying to nuke us. Like the Russians, I don't even know when it was made. The eighties is what yep. I want to say. Okay. Yep. Post uh, post toxic Avenger, so late eighties. Okay. So yeah, I in my mind, evil bikers, some unlikely heroes coming back after <laughs> someone getting killed and trying to to win over the day. <laughs> so, okay. So we'll see. I'm excited. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. This is one too that's like floated around in my head since I was a kid. Cause like I said, I saw Toxic Avenger as some like broadcast version of it originally as a kid. Uh, and I believe I saw this too. Cause trauma, like for a minute they had put out some of their movies like edited for TV to try and get them on TV. Like back when they were trying to be in the mainstream, like actually get some notice before they were like, no, we're going to retreat fully into being independent and in the underground. But I think I may have described the plot to like lean on me or stand and deliver though. I think I'm just like altering those plots to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but don't tell me anything. I don't no, want to know. I don't want to tell you anymore. I think you'll like, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, I'm haven't told you what my, theme of my trilogy of movies is but i think you'll figure it out once i give this one to you do you have any idea based no. on the first one no if i had to try and guess it'd be found footage okay well my second film to you because i'm going in chronological order is mm. creep 2 from 2017 so it's found footage it's found footage knew it knew it <laughs> i was gonna give this to you third but i'm giving it to you second because i'm going in order Cool. So, because I'm giving you Creep 2 because I know you've seen Creep 1. I've seen Creep 1. So it's like, this is a continuation. Creep 1 was cool as hell. Uh, I assume that this is Mark Duplass's character is now like doing it to somebody else. Uh, it's going to be another like, what was it? The first one said he was dying and he wanted to film himself for like his son or something yeah. in posterity. And then the guy yeah. figured out that was all a lie. Uh, I bet it's going to be probably not the same, but something similar. He's going to get another documentarian to follow him around because yada 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 uh i want to make a documentary about this about me and get a collaborator uh and then they're quickly going to realize this guy's fucked up and a serial killer so that's it that's what i think it's about and do you know any aspect of it like who the person is that he brings in or not anything? at all no okay. i don't know anything about it other than everyone was like uh if you loved creep one you'll love creep two because it's like they and i know they're making a creep three. Oh, they are i, I had heard well, yeah. I'll do some research on that. Cause... I had heard they're making a Creep 3. Uh, maybe that's fall, you know, fallen through at this point. But at some point, they were discussing it. So When I saw the first one, I, I don't think I'd ever seen Mark Duplass before. And I really loved him. And oh, sure. Seeing both Creep movies, we recently binged The Morning Show on Apple TV, which gotcha. was so good. And he's on it. And he's just so good. And he's also on The Mindy Project with his brother. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of in love with him now because he's he's just so good like he's great at drama he's so funny i knew him from the league I was a big which was fan a tv show yes on fx i was a big fan of the show the league about a fantasy fantasy football team with nick kroll's in it and oh. a bunch of comedians i was thinking it's, of dennis leary what was that no that was rescue me <laughs> that's rescue me no no no, <laughs> no the different. league's about a fantasy football league oh uh, weird okay. yeah and it's fucking funny as hell it's got john lajoy in it too 
He was the, uh, he had that YouTube viral video. Show me your genitals. Show me your genitals. I don't know why I don't know that, but I don't. You don't know that? That was no. big when I was in college. He did a bunch of like fake, well, not fake, but like, you know, goofy songs. He was like a singing comedian and he made a bunch of hilarious music videos. So that's how so. I knew him. And then he was in the league. He's like a Canadian comedian. But yeah, check, uh, check the league out maybe. It's funny. I might. So, uh, but Mark Duplass is the main character of it, so. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited to hear what you think of it. Cool. All right. Well, I'll see you in just a second. Okay. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. <gasps> We're back. Oh, my God. I missed you. I missed you. It felt like days. <laughs> <laughs> for us it has been for you it's been seconds people seconds, listening at home mere seconds uh i guess uh let's get to it we watched some movies yeah we did because that's what this is about yeah, not reading books so. watching that's, movies that's right although you I are know, reading the mothman prophecy i know i know i talked about a book in the first half but that's that's not normal so yeah first up we watched class of newcomb high speaking of normal I assume, yeah, everybody did their homework and uh, also watched this movie, I hope. So here we go. The description. I see the letterbox. They left the tagline off that I've seen for this movie that I like, which is reading, writing, radiation. <laughs> but, okay, class of Newcomb High. The pupils at a high school next to a nuclear power plant start acting and looking strange after buying contaminated drugs from a plant worker. Oh. And I feel like that's just like one plot line. This movie actually has like a whole bunch going on. But yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think one of like, I feel like Toxic Avenger is sort of like, being a bully is bad. And this sort of is like, drugs are bad. <laughs> I mean, I know that Troma is like not really saying these things because it's yeah. all very tongue in cheek. But like the overall arching theme <laughs> is a little bit of that. Yeah, this this one this one really plays like a uh, uh, totally just ripping on after school special like type movies about like the delinquent youth are running amok. What are we gonna do about it? Like that, <laughs> very prevalent in this movie. It was so much fun. I yeah. very much enjoyed it. I don't feel like it has like the heart that Toxic Avenger has that I talked about liking so much. I didn't feel that here. Like I never really connected with any of the characters like what's the lead couple chrissy and warren sure i don't remember anyone's name from the they're movie. fine they're fine yeah. except for gonzo he was my favorite he was Which the one with he? he had the, the rings, rings in his nose and the bone that he just carried around yeah the yeah. mouthpiece right yeah, and he had a mouth guard and just like toxic avenger like all of a sudden like he takes the mouthpiece out and he talks like a like just like a studious stud yeah, he's the best character. That's what you get for falling in love with a yuppie. <laughs> so I, my first question is, so the mm. Cretans, they used to be honor students, mm-hmm. but then they just became the Cretans? Is I there think any... the implication is radiation mutated them. See, well, that's what I wondered because I, I didn't know if I missed something. I just know that they had talked about how they used to be honor students and now they're these Cretans, but mm. I didn't know if there was a reason they became that way or if it was just, you know, high school oh, I, pressure. 
Yeah, I seem to remember the dialogue there about like, they used to be the honor society is delivered after somebody saying like, don't you think the nuclear power plant being right next door to the high school is having like weird side effects on us? And I think that's like, I think that's where they're, what they're alluding to there. Why like the one boy has grown breasts and things like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this movie, I have to confess is... uh, I know you've done this a few times where you've watched, you've given me something that you loved once and then rewatching it, you're like, I don't like this that much anymore. (laughs) Uh, And this might be one of them for me where uh, there was a time where I would have called this like my favorite trauma movie, you know, like five stars, loved this thing. And I have not watched it in many years. And for some reason, this rewatch, I'm like, I just do not dig this as much, uh, especially watching it right after Toxic Avenger. I feel like this is kind of like they tried too hard to recreate Toxic Avenger, but a yeah, new that was property. Sort of my thought, like, because I think I read this as two years after Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yet it feels like they're doing, trying to do so many of the same things. Like, it isn't like a direct ripoff, but it is too many things that are similar too, yes too like much. the bullies the the toxic waste mm-hmm. things like that beating up an old lady like i there's mean there's a scene <laughs> there's a scene where warren turns into a mutant like hero for a minute like and uh-huh. you're like okay is he gonna become the toxic avenger now like he turned into a mutant and beats up the bad guys in a scene like uh but then they drop that because he just turns back to normal and they have a different monster come at the end and kill all the bullies. So does that monster appear in some of the sequels, do you know? Or is it like always something different? I I don't think he comes back. I just wondered if he had a name. That rascally little mutant. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think it it probably does that I don't but not that know, you know of. Not but like, not that I'm aware of. Largely. And I'm, I think there's different mutants in... Because there's a two and a three... That came I think after there's this. more. At least on Letterboxd, I saw like. And then there's technically return. And then there's Return to Newcom High Volume One and Return to Newcom High Volume Two. That's what I saw. Which yeah. are much more recent uh, trauma movies. Um, but I've not seen all of them, so I I can't even. I don't know. I know there's like a mutant squirrel in the second one. Oh, yeah. as you do, as you do. Yeah. During the big party scene, I just had this flash of New Year's Evil, and I thought, oh my God, if only Troma could have done New Year's Evil, it would have been just like the best movie ever. Seriously. Like, (laughs) if they had gotten their hands on something like that, like, yeah, that would have been fucking There were just like echoes with like the the party scene and the the music happening, and I just thought, oh my God, like that would have made New Year's Evil elevated to a whole nother level oh yeah 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 and if they had some mutant dope in uh new year's <laughs> evil like yeah. that probably would have elevated it too i definitely think there was a missed opportunity in the fact that the monster was warren and chrissy's baby yeah like i thought for sure when it popped up at the end when they were like trying to hurt chrissy and they're like getting back at warren for what he did and it pops up like i thought there was going to be and when it chased like the whole final chasing i thought there was going to be some ultimate realization either on their end or the monsters like Oh, we're family. That was yeah, Mama. and it didn't happen. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. Or like they were gonna go kill it, and she was gonna be like, "No, I love him. He's ours." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I thought, and I also thought that would happen at the very end—that there'd be something with their 
toxic energy that had, you know, mm-hmm. they had those dreams that they were going to, you know, all these things were going to happen. In the end, she just had the toxic baby. I mean, he turned into a monster briefly, but it was just like, I, I thought there was going to be more there, but then it's like once the monster came to fruition, it kind of was the only thing. Yeah. I do feel like rewatching this too. Like this is a movie that's like, it really feels like they're making it up as they went along. <laughs> and uh, there's like a lot of mist, like, oh, here's an idea that is dropped immediately. Or like a lot of scenes just feel like they were strung together. Like we need to fill out a full length runtime. Let's get the Cretans beating up an old lady in there to show how bad they are. And this and that, like, there's a lot of uh, diversions from anything that seems like the main plot of the movie. And while Toxic Avenger, I really never got bored with it. Like, I just enjoyed it the whole time. And this at about the hour mark, it was like a lot of John Waters movies are to me. I'm like, okay, got it. (laughs) Yeah, move on, please. Let's. Something needs to happen. About the middle of this movie, yeah. It's like, uh, where is this going? And then finally the monster comes and starts killing people. And you're like, okay, good. Finally, we got somewhere. Yeah, and it goes there. Is that a commentary on teen pregnancy, I guess? They had a monster. Yeah, maybe. And, yeah. Especially if it's like taking that format of like an after school special. I guess maybe it's doing that as well. Drugs and teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I did uh, the after school special at Connection 2. I read that they titled this movie uh, to rip off Class of 1984 that had come out just before this, which is, okay. you know, like a exploitation movie of just like teen punks run amok, like terrorizing a high <laughs> school, uh, sensationalistic stuff. But they, uh, you know, they wanted to get some eyes on this. So they're like, we'll call this Class of Newcomb High because that movie had a little bit of like uh, traction in the mainstream media. So do you know anything about like how they were able to use this high school and like trash it if it was a high school i could just have all these questions in the end when they're like trashing it i'm like is this really a high school or was it something else like i was so curious how that all went down um i was reading a thing like the guy uh that played gonzo though uh was originally a because a lot of these people like were crew and the cast at the same time. And some of them were supposed to have like different roles. Like there was one guy that like the character got cut almost entirely because the actor, something happened to him and he had to leave set uh, early. Was it the Hitler punk? Maybe it was. I I I seem to see him like in the beginning and then like again at the end, but I don't remember a ton of him in between. Yeah, I I, I don't recall right off the top of my head. But yeah, like for example, the Gonzo guy, he was just a, a crew member that... Uh, wasn't even an actor in it. And then he became that character because they needed somebody that could ride a motorcycle to do the scene where he rides through the cake at the bake sale. And he was the only one that could ride a motorcycle that was there that day. So they had to, uh, he became an actor because of that. There was a lot of weird throat action. Like there were like two scenes where weird things happen in people's throat. But for sure, I wrote Mm -hmm. him down as Rapunzel Punk, the one with the really long hair who got his throat fisted. That was my favorite. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, because the lead Cretan was uh, Slug from uh, Toxic Avenger. Okay. With the blonde, the long blonde hair. This is a movie, man. It it is. (laughs) And also like after she throws up the baby, the yeah. monster baby. Then the girl comes in and I thought for sure she was going to sit on the toilet and it was going to like jump up inside of her or something. But she just opens up the door and sees it in the toilet. I'm like, again, a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. Going like full out, like let it jump right up inside her. I like the... <laughs> 
I like the uh, uh, the scene with the lunch ladies, like when it goes through the plumbing in the cafeteria, and then it drops oh, yeah. in like the bowl <laughs> into like the sink, and then the the lunch ladies are just like oh, giving these like really over the top, uh, just staring at it like. Ooh. <laughs> then, also at the end, like the Warren and Christy have this like really disgusting kiss. Like mm-hmm. I'm all for like a good makeout. It was like gross, and I thought for sure. Again, this missed opportunities. I thought when they pulled away from each other, it was just going to be like this green slime between like their mouths. But it was like mm-hmm. they were cured. <laughs> okay, I found uh, it's Annunciation Church School was the exteriors in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, don't know about the interiors. And it looks like they also used Rhineck High School in New York. Okay. So no idea how they got those locations. Uh, were they actually able to trash them or what? Who knows? Uh, I'm sure there's uh, trauma's really good about documenting. Like you can probably find a documentary about the making of like each one of their movies because they're really good at documenting their productions. So there's probably some behind the scenes stuff somewhere out there. I do. Uh, I like how it, the mayor from Toxic Avenger is the head of the nuclear plant. Yeah, uh, in this uh, he's movie, he's so funny. I like it. He's great. I, I'm pretty sure. I know he he had an untimely death. That actor. Okay. Uh, he was only like in his 40s, I think, when he died, you know, some years back. And really just, he pops up in a few trauma movies. Uh, and he's one of those guys that you're like, for a trauma movie, like, he's a good actor <laughs> compared to like everyone around him. So you're like, man, I would have liked to have seen him in more, uh, maybe something with a little bigger budget to see what he could have done because he's, he's a fun character actor. Yeah, I... I guess from class of Newcomb High, I didn't at all think it was going to have anything to do with toxic waste. Like I said, I thought Newcomb just like kill them. Maybe it was yep. like foreigners coming at us or something. or something. Yeah. But um, I didn't at all think toxic waste. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it started, I was like, oh, we're back there. And like it's in Tromaville as yep. well, which is the same place, right? Does everything... All of their movies take place in Tromaville? Everything's in Tromaville. Okay. Yeah, if, if it's directed by Lloyd Kaufman, it's set in Tromaville. Like, that's his thing. And sometimes characters cross over. That was my second question. Okay. Like, but you have to be like, but usually it's like, usually it's usually a character that's so incidental. Like, I was reading through a, a credits thing, and apparently Warren appears in Toxic Avenger Part 4. Okay. And I'm like, I don't even remember that. I, like, I probably didn't even recognize him because Toxic Avenger 4 is like from the year 2000. So it's like so far after, uh, you know, these, these movies that it's like, who, who remembers? Whatever. And he went to bed in his jeans. I was like, no one does that. Weird. No matter how stoned yeah. you are. You don't go to yeah, bed in no. your jeans. You take your pants off. <laughs> like, Especially no when way. you're a stud like Warren. Take them yeah. off. Take them off, man. Um, I, you know, I was remarkably close in my description. I mean, I thought there was gonna be like a biker gang. Yeah, you had, I was like astonished where you were like, <laughs> I don't know anything about this movie. I think it's about a teen biker gang terrorizing. <laughs> like, where the fuck did you pull that from? Where I was I, like, Whoa. Like, I have no idea. Cause like I said, I couldn't even, I mean, I don't think I could have pointed out the poster. If there were similar ones, I wouldn't have been like, that's class of Newcomb High. Like, yeah. I don't even remember seeing the video box, but. No, I was astonished. I was like, how the hell did you just like grasping at straws? Like pretty much come up with the whole plot of the damn movie. But yeah, there was, I didn't at all have any of the toxic waste thing. 
No, you missed in there that whatsoever. I just thought it was like mean biker gang and that there were like unlikely heroes and maybe someone like I kind of got it mixed up and like I thought someone was going to get killed. So then the unlikely heroes would like fight back. But it was mm-hmm. really like the biker gang got pissed off that Warren killed one of their own. And that's mm-hmm. why they sort of rebelled and tried to get him back. So it was kind of reverse of what I thought it was going to be. But oh, still. Sure what yeah. i thought it was gonna be <laughs> yep and then a monster comes at the and end then a monster thrown in for good measure it was like it was like a an episode of or a season of american horror story just like a little bit of everything all thrown in yeah there. yeah a little good old do sex monster at the end that just <laughs> wraps up the story so uh, yep but i i did enjoy it very much oh it's fun yeah i don't know what it was this time around where and I, I'm trying to think, like, why did the me of 10 years ago be like, this This is better than Toxic Avenger. Like, this might be the, like, maybe I was just contrarian. Because uh, th- this is like, you know, the redheaded stepchild, like, <laughs> trauma movie where everyone talks about the Toxic Avenger movies or Sergeant Kabuki Man. That's another fan favorite. Uh, and then Class of Newcomb High is just kind of like there. Uh, and so maybe I was just like, oh, you know what? Uh, that's my favorite because so I'm different from the other trauma fans. But so you I don't did know. at one point name it, think that it was better than Toxic Avenger. Yeah, at one point I probably would have said, oh, this is better than the original Toxic Avenger. Like I feel like this, watching them back to back to this one feels a little more like a quote unquote real movie. Like you could see they, I think they were trying a little harder to push towards the mainstream uh, like of exploitation or, you know, things that would be in theaters. Cause at this point they were still getting their movies in theaters uh, through the eighties. And then it's like into the nineties is when they go for the video straight to video market. But okay. yeah, maybe it's the punks. Cause this feels like a low rent version of return of the living dead in some ways where you got the, like the punk characters and monster movie shenanigans happening. So maybe that's it. But Watching it this time around after probably a good, uh, I don't know, six to eight years since I've seen this last the okay. last viewing. Uh, this time around, I was kind of bored through parts of it. It was still <laughs> fun, but I was like, eh. And it's like, I don't like any of these characters. <laughs> like, not enough to be like... Invested? Yeah, invested. Like, any trauma movie, you like watching idiots have stuff happen to them. Because that's like <laughs> part of what the movie's about. They're so satirical and ridiculous. But yeah, you know, it was just like, uh, this needs to go faster. Toxic Avenger at least has toxic killing people. Once that starts up, he just... It's full bore rampage, which is awesome. But I don't know. When it first started, I thought it was going to be like Cabin Fever 2. And I mm-hmm. thought like everyone at lunch was going to have, you know, the, the Kool-Aid made with the toxic water. Yeah. Like monsters, like as opposed to just happening to Dewey, really. They have it, yeah, to the one guy who melts. Yeah, that was great. That was a, yeah, great, that opening that's a was cool, pretty awesome. That, that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, I don't think I rate this as highly as I used to. I think this is a more middle of the road trauma movie. Still liked it, still fun. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, meh, not as good as the Toxies. I'll, <laughs> I'll take those, I think, over this one. So, uh, out of five uh, mutant nuclear basement babies that (laughs) turn into (laughs) rampage, toilet babies, I should say. Toilet babies. Uh, How many do you give this? I give it three toilet babies. Okay, cool. How many did you think I was going to give it? I thought you were going to give it a three and a half. Okay. And you know, I thought I was going to give it a three and a half. Until mm. we talked about it. And then I lowered my score a little bit. Yeah. And 
My my rating is also a three. So okay. we, we agree okay. on this one. In All the right. past, I like I said, I would have given this maybe at one point a four or five, but nah, this is a solid three. Yeah, still fun. Like yeah. definitely like an enjoyable ride, just not not nearly as good as Toxic Avenger. No, and I think if yeah, if you like trauma, I feel like this is a milestone movie because it kind of like falls into the the big ones, the evolution of them as a studio. Uh, so check it out, but it's not as good as um, the Toxic Avengers or some of the later stuff that Troma would do, or some of their uh, some of their other straight to video like uh, things they put out. Like you know what? I don't even want to say that because a lot of these I haven't watched in years, so maybe I'd hate all of those too. Now I don't know. <laughs> Are you giving me one more next week? I'm giving you one more next week. All right, but well, I'm excited. S- since you've liked Troma so much, there's probably going to be more to come later. Okay. Because I've seen okay. quite quite a few of their movies, so I'm probably just gonna keep feeding them to you over time. But I wanted to hit you with like a crash course. Nom nom nom. Uh, you'll up. love them. You'll love them. They get <laughs> some of them get weirder. So all right. But, well, let's move on to Creep Du. Du. Creep Part Du. So on Letterbox, the tagline is "Oh my God, this is going to be a good day." <laughs> and the summary, I keep getting lengthy ones. After uh-huh. finding an ad online for video work, Sarah, a video artist whose primary focus is creating intimacy with lonely men, thinks she may have found the subject of her dreams. She drives to a remote house in the forest and meets a man claiming to be a serial killer. Unable to resist the chance to create a truly shocking piece of art, she agrees to spend the day with him. However, as the day goes on, she discovers she may have dug herself into a hole from which she can't escape. Ruin the whole fucking movie. I know. Thanks. Seriously. Like that's the whole setup. It seriously could have been one sentence. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So I enjoyed this. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. I I mean, I liked the first creep a lot. Uh, I've not, I mean, a few years ago is when I watched it and I've only watched it the one time. But uh, my memories are fond of it. So I remember liking that a ton. And then uh, jumping into this one, I mean, I knew what it was about. It's the same premise as the first one, except they play with it. And that was what was cool, the setup of like, oh, shit. Like, I love that they're not going to fuck around with us as an audience where they're like, yeah, you know he's a serial killer. Like, part of the first movie was you didn't know what was going on and you were learning with the guy the extent of what was happening. I like that this one's like, there's going to be no tension there because you already know it. So we're going to get out in front of it. And he's just going to be like, yep, I'm a serial killer. And then they found new ways to play with it. And that was so cool. Yeah, I loved that too. Sort of like you're in like 10 minutes and you're like, oh, we're not doing the exact same. Like it is the same thing, but on the same hand, it's not the same thing. Yeah, that opening, that cold open, uh, where first off I was all pissed at him because he killed Dopinder. From uh, the uh, the Deadpool movies, because I saw oh, that. Oh, that who that guy is? Yeah, and he's uh, he plays Deadpool's uh, taxi driving buddy in Deadpool one and two, which is okay. Uh, so, and he was because uh, Sarah and I just binged through the show Miracle Workers, uh, both seasons of that. It's not about um, Helen Keller. It is not about <laughs> Helen Keller. Uh, it's a lot funnier than the Helen Keller story. <laughs> Have you seen Helen Keller versus the Zombie Hunters or whatever? There's some horror. Helen Keller movie. You know, I do think I've I've seen like part of it in like an altered state of mind years ago when I was still like something. <laughs> yeah, I think happen. that's the only way I would have watched it. I think. Yeah, now like, I, yeah I, no. I, I don't remember it very well, but okay. um, 
I do know it exists. But yeah, uh, Miracle Workers, that actor is in that show too as one of the leads and he is hilarious. But I saw him and I was like, no, Mark Duplass, don't kill him. But he did and I was sad. Yeah, I thought, I didn't love the opening. I guess if I was that guy, I would have run away when I had that one moment, like he kind of gets up at one yes. point. And I was like, fucking run out of your apartment. Like I just, when people do things where I'm like, okay. But no. they were playing with us because we know from the get-go as soon as sure, as soon as he walks in, uh, Aaron, as he's called in this movie. As which soon is as, the guy from the first one. First, from the first movie. But, but as soon as he walks in, you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is bad. And it goes poorly. And you're like, okay. And then there's the cool title sequence where, of course, they get me with the synth music for, like, the only music is, well, except for what is that song? loves her juicy fruit jenny loves her juicy fruit or whatever it is but which i had to look up and found out that is an original song to this movie it's okay not, uh it's okay. not a real jam band or song but yeah this was a movie like through most of it i was like well that was awkward as a viewer because uh you know both of these are not really like horror movies you know what i mean like in that like creepy shit happens hence the name creep and it's real awkward. And that's where it comes from is the discomfort and this awkwardness that keeps happening. But I do love a good charismatic serial killer. I agree. And it's funny you say that because I read this really interesting article from Vulture written by this guy named Kevin Lincoln called Why Creep 2 Isn't Actually a Horror Movie. Oh. The director and one of the writers and Aaron from the first one, um, Bryce. Hmm. He said that it, it's almost closer to a romantic comedy than a horror movie. And this interesting quote, it says, if Creep wanted you to consider just how far the horror genre could be stretched and still remain horror, Creep 2 freely acknowledges that horror is just the starting point, then delights in stuffing that framework with surprises, digressions, and new ideas, delivering a film that's simultaneously more cerebral and more heightened than its predecessor. Yeah, you know... Yeah, I really, I really agree with that. Because this is, so far, creep as a concept, I was trying to pinpoint it. I'm like, I feel like this is a new version of something that's existed before, uh, and they're just using uh, the state of our times with everybody having YouTube channels and shit. And, and, and I'm not sure it, they're exact analogies to each other, but I was kind of thinking of Natural Born Killers a little bit, mm. where that movie was all about, if you are familiar with it, um, since that movie's all about serial killers and their relationship to the media at that mm -hmm. time. And so I, I, it feels like this is kind of like a newer version of that. Or maybe uh, I was thinking also of uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, I haven't revisited that since I saw it in like the 90s or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to. Yeah, that's another one that just kind of like, again, is it as much a horror movie as it is just kind of a disturbing character study? Uh, yeah, and that gets into voyeuristic territory because, you know, they tape some of their attacks mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, that's what the creep kind of was reminding me of those sequences from Henry. So, yeah, I don't know. It's really reminiscent to me of Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh, yeah, that's another one. I didn't even it's think of that. similar to that and that he's like, hi, I'm this serial killer. and We're going to go through all these tropes and follow oh, sure. me around and it's found footage. It's definitely more like slasher straight up horror because that's mm -hmm. what he is, whereas this guy's just like a serial killer. Yeah. And I, I, as a true crime nut too, I was getting really 
like they did a really good job constructing, I guess we'll just keep calling him Aaron because that's what he's called in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the character, the psychology of Aaron, because I've read way too many serial killer books and know too much about various serial killers. Of course, immediately I think of Ted Bundy because he's everybody's archetypal, you know, the charming psychopath. What struck me is in this movie, you wonder, did Aaron, is anything Aaron saying real? Is it all bullshit? Right. I mean, we know most psychologists will tell you serial killers don't believe anything they say because they're almost always pathological uh, in some regards. So and if they're not just flat out liars, their view of reality is so warped a lot of the time with whatever you know, mental issues they have that they're not a reliable narrator to begin with of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you wonder, like, did he really never mean to kill her? I mean, he stabs her and throws her in the, like, at what point, what was real and what wasn't and when was it true and when wasn't it true? Uh, yeah. It's kind of how you feel through this movie. Because I do feel like it, he at some point felt like, oh, I don't want to kill anymore. But I don't think it was as profound as he makes it seem, you know, like it's like he was always going to do it again because he's a compulsive killer. It was mm-hmm. always going to happen. He just was tricking himself into thinking he couldn't or didn't want to. And then I think that the end, what makes the end interesting as opposed to just like, oh, of course, like he finds mm-hmm. her and is taping her. The interesting thing about it that I love is that she's wearing that fucking necklace mm-hmm. that he gave her. And I love that so much. It's like, what was she really like? Cause for a while you're like, oh, she's just in this to get some viewers to have her show elevated. But it's like, did she get along with him so well because she is similar to him? Like, you know, did she kind of like have a crush on him? What again, what's real and what's not, but you see her wearing that necklace and it's like, oh, that's fucking cool. And that's also, I think why I jumped to natural born killers. Cause there's also the love story in there of mm-hmm. Mickey and Mallory. And I was yeah. like, is this kind of like a pre, like a riff on natural born killers? Like she's going to want to become, I thought that might happen. Like she was going to become his accomplice uh, and they're going to start killing together. But yeah, that moment is so great at the end of the movie where she looks up and realizes he's there, like what, filming her after she yeah. hears the whistling, the melody. Yeah. Uh, and then it ends. And it, it could go either way because I, I was thinking too, the optimistic view is he's going to uphold his word and not kill her, but he's just there to fuck with her uh, for some, you know, whatever reason, but just letting her know he's still out there. Cause you know, they're on a, they're in public, they're on a bus and he might just be flexing in that. Like I'm, you didn't kill me, but good on you for doing what you did to me. I respect that. We're in a subway. So what the fuck are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of how I viewed it. Like, and maybe creep three will address that because there's going to be a three. Well, is there? Because that's the other thing in March of this year. Oh no. And bloody disgusting called we're str- the title is we're struggling what's going on with creep three mark duplass updates uh-huh. and he says if we're going to make a third one it better be super inspired we're trying and we're putting effort into it but we're not good enough yet to make it worthwhile so we're struggling that's really it we've written it twice and neither of these stories are good enough so he's kind of which i appreciate he's kind of like if we can't make it a great story we don't want to do it yeah i i mean i respect that because i'm sure that's how this came into being Uh, And that's great because they actually made a sequel that was worth being made. Like, I feel like it played with the formula enough to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm glad they, because for for a little bit, as you're getting acclimated to this movie, I did feel kind of like, all right, we're treading similar ground. But then they started to play. Like, I love that the peach fuzz mask is not a thing. 
in this it's one. It's in there, but it's not like, yeah. He more like makes fun of it because we're like, we got our fill of it. We know it's weird and creepy, whatever, from the first one. I like, I like how they just kind of like winkingly made fun of it in this. Yeah, I watched it with Joe because I had recently watched the first creep with him and I was surprised he really liked it. And so we watched this and he was like, yeah, it was the same as the first one. Like he was just kind of like, meh. And I was like, and I don't remember liking Creep 2 that much when I watched it the first time. This was my second watch. But this time and watching it so close with the first Creep, I liked it more. Like I was like, oh, I think this is actually a better film. Maybe just because we know the characters and I feel they do something different with it ultimately. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. He also in this article talks about, he says, we had to almost kill ourselves to make Creep 2 as good as it was. I appreciate how many people liked it, but I do feel like it wasn't as good as it could have been if I'm being perfectly honest, which is mm-hmm. interesting because I overall feel people did seem to, from what I can read and things like that from reviews, like as 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, the critic score, which is like 25 critics, but still, again, like that's, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Yeah. And I feel like from what I hear, most people like the second one more. So it's just interesting, but I like that they hold themselves to some standards and maybe it's because they aren't pushing out into theaters. It's like direct to Netflix and things like that, that they're like, you know what, if we can't do this great, we're not going to do it. As mm-hmm. opposed to being like, oh, we need to make that cash. We need it. Like, he's, yeah. You know, he's, he's has quite a name now. So yeah, he's, he's, this is, this is a passion project. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. You know, another, uh, on that train of thought about the truth, like what's the truth when and all that. I was also, as I watched the movie, I was pondering that scene where he gets naked, of course, clearly to freak her out. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't let on. Um, and then she's like, well, I'm going to do the same thing, you know, and you film it. But when she does it, he immediately, tightens in on her face yeah I love uh, that. and i don't know if i'm i'm sure there was a purpose this is, movie is so intentionally crafted uh, they were saying something there and for the character my thought was that he's uncomfortable with sexuality actually uh and it's a way to you know he zooms in on her face because he's just going to focus on her face he's like because i actually don't want to look at that because i'm super I'm actually uncomfortable with this. Whereas I tried to do it to you because I like to be the one that makes people uncomfortable, but you're now, you know, you're doing it to me and I don't like it. Yeah. The sexuality aspect is super interesting because I always kind of feel like he is like a gay character. And then like, I feel like there's some truth to what he says to her about never having slept with like a woman. Mm -hmm. I I get the impression in the first one that he's like, I feel like he has crushes on these guys that he's killed at least like that first guy, Aaron, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like there's some sort of, and whether that's him fucking with them or if that's true, like, I just get this feeling like he, and not to say like, he can't also have feelings towards women, but when he talks about that, I'm like how it's so interesting. And then the zooming up on her face and then also how it feels kind of romantic between the two of them. Yeah. Just like, and I like that there's very few answers. It just makes it all the more interesting. Yeah. I like that. It fucks with you so much <laughs> as a viewer. Yeah. Cause that's another thing with real, you know, real life serial killers is often there is not always, but often there's a psychosexual component mm-hmm. uh, to the, the killing and everything they do. So it does make you wonder like with this character by design, how much is sexuality a part of, what he does whether it's a 
attempt to repress sexuality or uh, or if it is the act of killing in itself is a sexual release for him, like you'd never really get the truth. And what I, okay, comparing it to last week's found footage film, what I loved about this one is first of all, like they have an outline, like for both of these movies, not this and Deborah Logan, but this and the first creep, they mm-hmm. pretty much just have an outline. And then they go out there and they film this scene like a couple of times, just improvising and it feels so real. Mm-hmm. And I just love, like it said, and then like the IMDB trivia that oftentimes each of them would sort of surprise each other with their choices. And I love that in the regards to it being improvised, like it feels real. And also like the cinematography did literally feel like, hi, these two people were gonna hand them a video camera. Like sometimes when they're being like interviewed, like it's out of focus, like the background is in in focus and not their faces. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so much more real than something like a big studio production like the taking of deborah logan which obviously had more money and things like that and it's just it's the cheaper found footage in regards to its execution whereas here it's um like the less produced found footage is the more realistic and the better found footage in my opinion you know yeah oh like absolutely once you start to produce it more it loses its some of its bite yeah this feels so authentic it does and it just like and what a cool experience to make it like mm-hmm. deborah logan always felt scripted it always felt like like they were never off the cuff it was never it's much more yeah rigid yeah and this has a you don't know where this is going anything could happen this has an unpredictability that makes it feel like it actually was people just that this happened and while we were watching it like i looked up something during it and i swore i'm pretty sure this wasn't a dream but i swear i saw an article about how if they were to do another film they would do a prequel no i did see that too that doesn't exist okay because like today when i was looking for all i could find was about creep three and i couldn't find anything about the prequel so i'm like that would be an interesting way to go yeah i read that too that they said they've considered a prequel to show his like how he got started as a killer did you read the trivia about his beard Yes, that he fucked up shaving. And so they just built it into the movie. Which is like such a good acting thing. Like I, that's Mm -hmm. always been like one of the greatest lessons I learned in like grad school in particular was like, if you're out there and something happens as opposed to being like, oh man, we fucked that up. You just have to use what's given to you and make it a part of the reality of your character. Mm -hmm. And, and I just love that so much that, and as opposed to like, well, let's just shave it all off. He's like, well, how can I use this? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and whether he's lying to her about like having this um, yeah. disorder of where he plucks it out or whether, you know, it's, he it's fucked a up real, shaving. He fucked up shaving. And he, and in regards to him getting naked, we watched another movie that I'll talk about next week um, called Stranger by the Lake. And between that and this, I probably saw more dick in this past week than I've seen in a really long time. <laughs> There was so much <laughs> penis that I saw in the last five days. <laughs> and, and, and that's still like the uh, the great taboo of film. So you know yeah. what? I, like I'm I'm for uh, full frontal male nudity. Uh, <laughs> Bring I feel it on. Like, yeah, I mean it's like why not? Like, but then again, you know, full frontal for women too is still like also taboo. I mean, they'll show titties all day long, but they. Uh, you know, I don't know. So many, so many more like too many Puritans. (laughs) So many mainstream actresses have gone full frontal. Whereas Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of mainstream men have. Yeah. Every every time I try to think of it, it's like, well, Harvey 
I tell a bunch of times, but that's the <laughs> only one I can think of. He's such a bad lieutenant. Yeah, you have to pay him to not get naked, I understand. So. <laughs> this, and last week we had two Sarahs, and then the, the girl on this one's name was Sarah. It's like, we can't get away from Sarah's, but since it's your wife's name, it's... Yeah, it's my life. I, I'm always like, <laughs> it, it, it's been weird lately. Like, every fucking movie's got somebody named Sarah in it. And I'm like, that's like the common movie name right now, I guess. I don't know. Yep. So, okay. Out of how many necklaces with two men's pictures in it do you give this <laughs> i give it a four. Oh, Solid. i wrote down 3.5 3.5 so i was off i mean i'd rather go lower than higher but yeah. i give it a 3.5 as we talked i kind of wanted to raise it but i i went with my my gut instinct of a a 3.5 yeah, I give this a solid four. And I would give the first one a four as well. Because uh, this left me feeling exactly like the first one did, which was a like, what the fuck did I just watch? But in a good way, like it mm-hmm. felt like, you know, this movie, the, both these movies, you just feel like you got hit by a bus when it's over. Uh, and in, in a good way. Both creeps or this and... Both creeps, sorry. Both, both creeps. Okay. Uh, they both left me like with that same like sensation of like, holy shit, that was awesome. And just wanting more. I, I, I want another... Give me another movie like this. I need, to, <laughs> I need to have that feeling again. I can't think of any connections between the two, quite honestly. I, I didn't rack my brain about it, but I, I just um, instantly wasn't able to come up with quite anything. So... They both Listeners, got, if you know something, please, please tell us. They both have homicidal maniacs in them, you know, <laughs> between, between the Cretans and uh, Aaron. Yeah. Um, you know, he could probably go hang out with the Cretans. They'd probably, uh, they'd probably welcome him into their gang. Yep. Well, cool. Well, next week I will wrap up my, my trilogy of found footage films with you. Do you have any idea right now what, it, what it's going to be? <laughs> no idea. Okay. Cool. No, no idea. I, I was trying to think too. Uh, I was looking at the list and trying to figure out if I knew if, if any of those were found footage, but I, I'm not sure. Well, now in regards to our list, really anything I watch that's contemporary, I don't even have to put on the list because I know you haven't watched it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I've, not, I've not watched like, it, it'll be news. Like I'll tell you, you know, when we discuss what we've been watching, you'll hear about it for sure. If I actually watch something recent. That's but, fun. Um, yeah, I'm just so buried in the past right now. It's like, and it's cool. I mean, cause yeah. we're so opposite in that way. So it makes picking mm-hmm. movies for each other a lot of fun. Yeah. I get trapped in like the eighties and the seventies and you're watching all the new hits as they come out. Yeah. I think the only older movie I've given you is Alice, sweet Alice. I feel like everything yeah. else is in like the two thousands. Everything's in the two thousands. <laughs> Everything's from the 21st century. I, uh, am actually, I'm debating what I'm going to give you next week, but I'm going to finish up my trilogy of trauma. Cool. Uh, and we are going to get more contemporary. I think I want to bring you up to more modern trauma. So nice. It's going to be a little bit different, still trauma, but a little different from what you've seen before. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're out there listening in the dark or the daylight or whatever, please mm-hmm. um, tell outer us what space. you think of the outer, uh, wherever you are. Underwater. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and, you know, write to us at scaringasharing at gmail.com. We haven't had an email in a while. Um, find us on we the We need Insta. more. We do. We just want emails. <laughs> find us on Insta. Rate us. Write us. Subscribe. Review us. All the things. Just don't stalk us. 
I mean, maybe, yeah. If you want, yeah. Um, <laughs> getting, a little, getting a little bored, cooped up in the house, you know. I'm, I'm easy to find. I don't go anywhere. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. And Jeremy, it's always fun to share some scares with you. Every week. I look forward to it. Me too. And I will see you next week. Yes. Sweet screams. <laughs> Sweet screams. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Till next time. Share those scares. That's right. Because scaring is sharing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.